and welcome to Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Maria, founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com, and you have arrived at the one place where we empower you to break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love. This episode is my most recent Real People, Real Business Radio show, recorded live in the studios of WIXE Radio outside Charlotte, North Carolina. Enjoy! Good morning. It's three minutes after nine and time to introduce the newest addition to our Saturday show lineup, making her radio debut with her show, Real People, Real Business with Donna Maria. Here is Donna Maria. Call us with all your questions regarding business. 704-283-1190. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here this morning. Reed, we had our first frost last night. I know. It's, it's chilly it, it, out there, Reed. <laughs> I was at Forest Hills High School, and it was really cold. Yeah, it was cold. It was cold. I woke up this morning going, "Whoa, wait a second. Definite change of seasons. Hey, everybody out there in Wixie land. Like Reed said, I'm Donna Maria, and this is my first pass at the mic here on Wixie. <laughs> and I'm so excited to be here. Reed, you know, this is a real milestone for me because... I'm not new to Monroe. I'm not new to North Carolina. You know, I have some roots here. But this is the first time that I feel like I'm really, really getting a chance to start to get to know people really well here in this community. That's great. so far, so good. Yeah. I'm enjoying myself. I really am. I I know you're busy. You're busy during the week. I'm busy. You have your own business that you operate in downtown Monroe. Why why don't you tell some people about that? Well, you know, can I start with kind of like a little bit of background? Absolutely. So, so it's my, your show. Yeah, well, my <laughs> listeners, I want you guys to kind of know who I am. Um, so you can kind of have a little bit of a perspective of where my answers to your questions come from and uh, where exactly it is I'm coming from. But I want you to feel free to interrupt me at any time and call your questions in 704 704- 283, had to go get my notes here, 704-283-1190. So anytime you want to call in, if you have a question, it doesn't matter what it is. I take small business questions of all kinds. I have 15 years of experience as a small business coach, a small business mentor, and also a small business owner. So the answers that I provide to you are not from a book. They're not from what I heard somebody else say, although I do love to share stories from other people because that's how we all learn. But my answers come from having done it all wrong myself in the past. (laughs) So I'll be able to share with you some of my horror stories and try and save you some of the trouble. Um, But, you know, going back, Reed, as you know, I am an attorney. I'm a trained attorney. Uh, Years and years ago, I practiced law, and I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. But after a while, like, like a lot of people who've done something for a long time, I got a little bit bored with it. I became something that I wasn't as interested in as I used to be. So I decided to start my small business because I wanted to do something different. Now, I did actually just quit my job, gave two weeks notice, and started my business. I do not recommend that you do that. So <laughs> if, you, if you call me and say, I hate my job, I want to quit my job and start a business, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is not what I did. And we can talk a little bit more about that for those of you who have those questions. And I do get those questions quite a bit today, um, because the, you know the work environment today is a little bit different than it was years ago. Um, But I decided to go ahead and do that. I ended up going back to work because I lost my shirt on my first business venture. I learned a lot. But when I did it the second time, it was the charm for me, and I never went back. So I've been doing this for about 15 years. I'm married. I've got two children. 
So my business is has been operated for all these years from my home. And so I do a lot of work helping women who want the freedom and flexibility of having a lifestyle that they can, uh, you know, run a business from home, generate some income from home and still be available to their children and be available to their to their partner and their communities. And that's really important today as well, because you know what, Reed, statistics show that women start businesses for the most part, not so much because of the money, although they do want to make money. They start them because they want that kind of flexibility in their life. Sure. They want to be able to, um, you know, be with their kids. Or if they don't have kids, they want to be able to do some other things, you know, uh, whatever it is that's important to them. And it's it's tough sometimes to do that when you have a full-time job. Now, I will say that I've noticed that um, employers across the country are becoming a little bit more flexible as well. I remember when I had my job as an attorney, I thought I wanted to start a business. But the first thing I did was I actually did go to my hiring department and at my my employer and I said, can I work part time from home? Can we scale back so I can still work for you and do a good job? But I can also kind of maybe start doing some other things that I'd like to do or just have more flexibility in my life. I didn't tell them I wanted to start a business. And they just flat out told me, no, wouldn't consider it. We need you to be here sitting at your desk. All our clients need to see you sitting there working. You know, I guess they, they build so many hours. They charge so much. It's like when the clients come in the office, they better see some people, <laughs> some butts in seats, you know. But um, but today, if I go and ask them, they'll sit down and work something out because they wouldn't want to lose me. And because they realize that people can be just as productive from home, working part time as they can, you know, sitting in front of your face doing something. So there are a lot of more options out there now. It's not, you know, all or nothing. You have to work or quit your job. You can do both. And the work environment today is much more amenable to that because employers understand that they can't always provide you with the hours that you want anymore. They can't always pay you what they used to be able to pay you. You don't get benefits. And you sometimes have to put yourself in a position where you can do something else. But everybody's situation is different. So what we're all about here at Real People, Real Business is real people and real business. Um, we could talk a lot about how huge companies run, and we can learn a lot about how huge companies run. And I do a lot of things in my own business based on watching large companies. I just scale it down. Some of the same strategies and tactics that I've seen multinational companies use, I do myself. I just do it as one person or two people with my with my team and um, I just do it on a smaller scale. But you can learn a lot by watching them because they make a lot of mistakes, too. And they also do a lot of things right. So I take a lot of my examples from that. But, um, you know, we just we just work really hard to serve people now. So your question, Reed, was where's the studio? We just opened our indie business studio um, on 206B, Suite B, on North Haines Street here in Monroe. And we have some classes coming up. We'll talk a little bit about that. But my goal there, Reed, is to be able to take everything that I have learned and shared online because my business has been virtual for 15 years and share it with people in my own backyard, people that I can talk to and shake hands with and have coffee with and talk shop with because that's my passion is helping businesses grow. And it's great to be able to work with people all over the world on a computer, which I'm really good at. Um, but it's also great to be able to look someone in the eye and be able to help them grow their business and support my own local community right here in Monroe. So that's really why I opened the studio. And then I found you. I was like, wait a minute. 
I have a journalist background. I went to journalism school at the University of South Carolina. And hearkening back to those days as I'm looking at all this great radio equipment in here. Um, so I'm really sort of um, perched here in a place where I'm very comfortable and very excited to be able to share. So today we're going to be talking about um, small business owners and some of the things that you can do to start a small business. I kind of thought that's where we could start because I get a lot of questions from people who ask me, um, what do I do first? I, I just don't know what to do. I have an idea, um, or actually most people have like 25,000 ideas for a business because they're, most people are good at more than one thing. And they think that all these ideas are going to be awesome. Yes, they're always all awesome. Um, but the challenge is that they're pretty good at all of them. Like, you know, I can make a lemon meringue pie and I can bake cookies and I can also, I'm a good gardener. We just had the, the gardening show. You know, I can grow plants. Maybe I can sell those. I can cook. Maybe I can cook things. Maybe I could do a personal chef business. Um, I also know how to, um, you know, do a variety of different things. And so for, for most people, women in particular, there's a real big challenge because when you're good at a lot of things and you're very, very creative, it's a challenge for you to channel that energy into just one thing. And one of the most important things that you can do as a business owner is do just one thing, particularly when you're first starting out. Because if you diffuse it, if you diffuse your energy and spread it too thin, then what's going to happen is nobody's going to know really what you do because you're baking cookies over here and you're doing something else over here. And so people become confused. And when people are confused, what do they do? They do nothing. Yeah. Because they're confused. They sit on their hands. Right. They go, I don't quite get that. So I'm just going to go do something else. You got to catch them quick. You got to be really, really clear because they're only going to listen to you for so long. So when someone asks you what you do and you, well, I do this and I kind of do that. It's like, okay, I'm tuning out and looking for the next conversation before you've said five words. But if I ask you what you do and you say, I own a radio station and, and right here in Monroe and this is what we this is what we do. We serve our sponsors. We serve our community. I get that. And I, I know exactly if I don't want to be involved in radio, I know I don't have to pay attention to you. But if I do and I'm interested in that, then I know exactly who to go to if I have questions about it. So the same principle applies to us as small business owners. You have to be really clear in your own mind about what you want to do. And then you have to be able to articulate that to other people. So, so I really want to emphasize that if you're thinking about starting a business and you have been held back because all these ideas are swimming around in your head, you've got to get rid of most of them and focus on one of them so you can channel your energy into that. And, you know, the, our income comes from where our energy goes. So if you're moving forward towards a particular goal, you're going to be able to get back, get back what you need from that. Um, and then you also want to watch for the signs, Reed. You know, I get this question a lot, too, from people. Um, you know, how do I know um, at the beginning of my business whether it's going to work? You know, <laughs> what are the signs? You know, how, how long do I do this before I throw in the towel or switch gears? And the truth of the matter is there's no one answer to that question because everybody's different. Everybody has a different level of commitment to business. So I would answer that question very differently for someone who. I could see was very committed than I would for someone who I could see that was kind of had one toe in and the rest of their body wasn't there because you've got to be there in the business. But one of the first signs you want to look for is whether the business complements your lifestyle, because if it doesn't complement your lifestyle, you're not going to do it. Um, if you have, you know, lots of children and you have a retail store, 
It might work for you if you have help, but if you don't, you're going to, you're going to have a little bit, a little bit of issues because the baby's going to start crying as soon as the customer comes in and that customer's not going to hang around for very long. If they have to wait, you know, with the babies are great, but they make a lot of noise. So, and they break things. So that may be a little bit of an extreme example, but the truth of the matter is that you've got to be able to start a business that fits your lifestyle. And that's it particularly true if you're a woman with children. I know this because that's why I started my business the way I did um, so that I could work it from home. I could do things at three o'clock in the morning, which is not something you want to do long term, but certainly when my children were young, it was acceptable to me because I needed to get stuff done. So it was sort of the price I paid for having the lifestyle that I wanted. So I created the business around that. So I think that's really the second thing that I would say when people ask me that question. And the third thing is, are you making money? Okay. When you let people know what it is that you do, um, you know, what, what comes back at you? Are, are they buying what you have to offer? And if they're not, and oftentimes when you first start out, they won't be because you have to tweak. You have to kind of tweak as you go. And you know this, Reed, this radio station's grown, you know, from where it was 10 years ago to where it is now. And, and things are, the core is the same, right? The core is the same, but things have been tweaked over the years. So you change a little thing here and we can't do that anymore because that didn't make any money, but this did. So we want to do more of that. So you really have to kind of play around and try new things and, and sort of um, learn as you go, learn from other people, watch what other people do that do what you do. And the great thing about the Internet today, Reed, is, of course, you can find someone doing what you're doing everywhere if you look, go online. And, you know, people in other parts of the country have businesses like the one you want to start. So you can look at the ones that are doing it well, and you look at the ones that are not doing it well, and you follow the ones that are doing it well, and you learn from both. You, you watch what people that aren't doing it well do so you can see what not to do. And then you incorporate things that are working in other people's arenas into your own business. So I, ho- I hope that sort of sheds some light on where I'm coming from, what my background is, and why it is that I'm so passionate about this read is really how many of us can turn on the radio or open a newspaper today and not see statistics that show us that um, our income streams, our, our means of supporting ourselves are changing. They're changing. Um, there aren't as many jobs as there used to be. And North Carolina particularly struggles in this area. If you look at all 50 states, we're kind of high up there in, 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 the, in, the, in the unemployment. But, but we don't focus on that because we, we, we look at that and go, okay, what can I learn from that? How can I take that information and use it to improve my life and my community's life? And we, we, one of the things we can do that with all the resources that we have here in North Carolina is we can start businesses. And we can, we can work if we want to work, and we can have a business doing something that we really, really love. So that is why this is so important to me, the, the, the unemployment numbers that we see, um, and really the opportunity today that everyone has to start a business of their own. So we've got a question here from someone that actually emailed me yesterday, letting me know that she was not able to come to the show live today. Um, and be here, but she had a question about um, how she could um, do something in her business. And the question says, uh, Dear Donna Maria, I'm sorry I missed your show tomorrow, but I would like to know how I can work with other people in my community to create an accountability group that I can use to make sure that I do the things I say I'm going to do. 
And I think I think this person, because I've known her for a little while, I kind of know where she's coming from, Reed, because um, it's when you have your own business, it can be very, very lonely. And you can you know, you're you're in your office all day or you're if you if you're if you bake cookies or whatever it is for your business, you're in the kitchen all day. And it's it really can be isolating. And because you have a business of your own and oftentimes you, you have a small business owner, you're wearing all the hats. You have so, so many things to do and you have very little free time. So the, this question comes from a place of, OK, I've gotten my business to the point where it's moving forward. And now I really need to stick to some very specific systems and specific plans. But it's very hard for me to do that because I'm by myself all day and I don't have my coworkers around me to say, well, where's that report? Or did you did you run that spreadsheet? Um, have you filed your taxes <laughs> this quarter? Um, you know, did you reach that goal that you said you were going to reach in, in terms of your sales numbers? And what you can do, I'll, I'll tell this um, th- this uh, this person that emailed, and I, I hope you're able to listen to the recording of the show so we can share this with you, is to just be able to look around in your local community and see if you can uh, gather two or three people together and set up a regular meeting time to meet and talk about what your goals are and share that you reach them or that you didn't so you can help each other. And these groups are called mastermind groups. You may have heard of these. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mastermind group is essentially a small group of individuals who work toward a particular purpose. And in a mastermind group for business, that particular purpose is that everyone would have a successful business. And so when you come together in these mastermind groups, let's say you meet every other month, because I have a couple of mastermind groups and I I meet one of them is here physically and two are uh, actually done by phone. So you can set it up however you want. Um, If you don't have anyone in your local community, but you met someone online that you think would be great, then pick up the phone and set up an an online call or, you know, you can use, you know, free Google, Google calling is free or you can just use your regular phone line. And set a time once a week, you know, Wednesday morning at 830 for an hour every week or every other week, we're going to meet and share our goals and we're going to hold each other accountable. So when you meet in 14 days and I've said I was going to write a book uh, or write write a chapter in a book, can't write a whole book in 14 days. Well, maybe some <laughs> That would people be can. really impressive. <laughs> well, there, I guess there are people that do that. Um, but let's just say I was going to write chapter two. Then in two weeks. We come back and I need to come back with chapter two in my hand or my mastermind partners will say, where's chapter two? Why didn't it get done? And what do you need to do in your life? What do you need to rearrange to make sure that it gets done next time? So we don't have the same conversation again, because how many of us have the same conversation over and over again? Well, I want to write that book. Don't we have people that we're coming up on Thanksgiving, right? Do you have people in your family every year? They, they've started something new mm-hmm. and every year. You know, I'm one day I'm going to, you know, go into the recording studio and record that song or I'm going to write that book or I'm going to start that business. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. Well, part of it is because there's nobody around them for 12 months to say, well, you know, is this just all talk or is this something that you're really going to do? And I think people underestimate how successful they can be in a business. Um, sometimes we're not surrounded by other people who are successful in business, so we don't see good examples. Now, we can all go on the Internet and see really good examples, and that's great. But there's nothing like having an example in your own community with people that you can see and you can drive by their store or you can see their ad in the, in the local newspaper or hear about them here, here on Wixie. Or, um, you, you know, you can actually 
see their success in your community. And so when you get together with people, we're going to be having these mastermind groups at the studio. We're going to have a mastermind group every month. The first one is scheduled for, I can't remember the date, but it's November. You can go to IndieBusinessStudio.com and you can see the class schedule. Um, But we're going to have these every month. So people in the community can come and share their goals and you can come back the next month and you can come back the next month and, and, and share with each other what it is that you're doing. And the other thing you'll do, Reed, is you'll get ideas from other people. Because if I've already finished my book and you're still struggling with chapter two, then I'm going to tell you what I did that helped me push through the times when I was just too exhausted to write the chapter, but I knew I had to get it done. So you'll find that these other people in your community will be able to encourage you. So for, for, this, for this, uh, this listener, I would encourage you to, number one, look in your local community first for like-minded people, see if you can mastermind with them. If you can't find any, um, which would really surprise me, but if you can't find any, go on the internet and find people who are doing what you do, um, see what trade organizations they belong to, maybe join the trade organization and then reach out to them that way. And then you, you'll be able to um, get some really good ideas and start getting that going. The other thing you do is just Google masterminding or your favorite search engine. Just Google it, how, how to start a mastermind group. And you'll get lots of, lots of ideas, um, and lots of articles and things that you can read that can show you how to do that. And so you can move forward. So we are going to go to our commercial break here. And I'm so glad to have you here on Real People, Real Business. Call in your questions, 704-283-1190. We'll be right back. Back. We're back. I'm so excited to be here. We're back with Real People, Real Business. I'm your host, Donna Maria. We're taking your questions live at 704-283-1190. Um, And, you know, I just want to let you know, too, that you might be listening to this show online. You might be listening live online. Uh, You might also be listening to a recording. So, obviously, you can't call in if you're listening to the recording. But I want you to know that we are live on WIXE.com every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. And you can call in your question to 704-283-1190, and I will answer it. And I'm so excited to be able to do that. So we actually have another question by email here, Reed. Um, We have a question from Wendy, and she wants to know, how do I get publicity for my business? That's a really good question, Wendy. So um, there's a few different answers to that. But the first thing I want to tell you is because I don't know what your business is, I'm going to say this. You need to make sure that you have something to say about your business besides I have a business. Because the the last thing that a reporter or a journalist or a person that maybe writes article for articles for magazines or newspapers wants to hear is, um, I'm calling you or I'm emailing you because I just started my business. And that's probably great and it's good news. But if I'm going to write an article about you or if I'm going to feature you on my uh, TV show or whatever it is, I need more than that. I need to know what you're doing. I need to know that my listeners or my readers or my uh, viewers will like it. And I need to know that you are making strides so that the story can be interesting and juicy. So what you first want to do, Wendy, is you want to look at your business and make sure that things are working so that if you do get new customers from that media feature, you are prepared to respond to them and deliver what you promised in that media feature. So I know I've, I've heard countless stories of people who have 
um, you know, scored some media hits and they've been great. Um, but their whole website shut down <laughs> after they they did that because they weren't ready for that kind of traffic. Now, that doesn't happen very often. It sounds like a nightmare we all like to have, right? <laughs> yeah, it sounds um, like the government's healthcare system right, right now. Right. Oh, gosh. Okay, Reed, don't go there. Just, just, okay. just briefly. Just, don't I, go I, there I just briefly show, said Reed. it. Okay. <laughs> okay, you can leave the studio now, Reed. Okay, no, I'll just leave. Kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. Fine. No, um, but really, just, you know, think about making sure that you're ready for it. And make sure that you're ready to tell the journalist or the reporter what the news is about your business. If you've just, for example, we just opened a new studio. That's news because there's a studio, there's a place where small business owners can go, where they can connect to each other, where they can be more successful. That benefits the community. You know, everyone um, can have a business of their own today. Uh, The unemployment rates being what they are indicates that more people are interested in starting a business. So there's a news angle there. Um, And so you need to kind of hunt for that. You need to hunt for what that angle is going to be. So, for example, if you are a gardener and you want to share your gardening business, well, you don't want to walk in and say, you know, I'm a gardener and you can buy my plants. You want to walk in and say, it's November. What are the plants that people want to buy in November? Well, you know, pumpkin. Okay, so I can I can come and tell your listeners or your viewers 50 things you can do with pumpkins. Well, you're sharing information. You're not showing up going, I have a pumpkin business. You need to come buy my pumpkins. You're saying, I'm a pumpkin expert, and I know everything there is to know about pumpkins. I can tell your listeners how to do 50 things with pumpkins, and I also have a pumpkin business, so when you need those pumpkins, you can come get them to me. So you need to be able to cover all those bases, Wendy, in your pitch, your pitch, so to speak, to the, the media. Um, You need to make sure that you're pitching to publications and outlets that have listeners that are interested in what you do. So uh, let's take the the pumpkin idea. Um, It's kind of hard not to find a media outlet that has people that are interested in pumpkins this time of year. Um, So just maybe to use another example, let's say you want to pitch your your makeup. You make makeup. You're a cosmetic, you're a beauty, uh, beauty consultant and you sell makeup. Um, and you want to be able to get a write-up in uh, a, a women's magazine about your makeup. Well, dear woman's magazine, I sell makeup is not going to work. Because as good as your makeup is, there's always uh, the, the, the possibility and really the, the likelihood that whoever you pitch that story to is going to be like, well, I have lots of makeup. My readers have lots of makeup. And I can't just show up and say there's some new makeup. I have to do something else. So you've got to be able to pitch with I'm a makeup artist or I'm a makeup expert or I'm an expert at making makeup or I'm a color expert so I can help you match your skin tones. So you need to go and make sure that you have something to tell that media outlet that you can help their readers or their viewers be successful. And so in the makeup example, it's not about having makeup. It's about having the right makeup to make you look beautiful when you go to work each morning. And I love or, makeup. I know you do. Okay. That's why I'm, that's why I'm sharing this example. Um, so you, you, you can share with the, the, the person or the journalist that you're pitching to, um, I can help your readers do blank. So you want to walk in from that perspective. It's not, I want you to buy my makeup. It's I can help your readers do something. And if you can tell a journalist or the host of a radio show even, I can help your listeners do something, their ears are going to perk up because they want their readers to read them and they want their listeners to listen to them. And if they can deliver something that's going to be interesting to them, 
they will get more readership and more viewers. And of course, that means more sponsors, which makes the whole thing run. And so there, there's a cycle there and you need to be able to play into that. So um, where do you get now that I've said all that, I'm going to actually answer your question. But but I, I said all that because I don't want you to waste your time pitching and and wasting time. You know, I want you to pitch to outlets that have customers or that their audience is interested in your product. That's the first thing. Don't pitch your makeup to, uh, you know, Food Network magazine. Right. OK, because it's kind of like, you know, that's not but the pumpkin people can do that. But you, you need to find something more specific to readers or viewers that wear makeup. So women's magazines. And then have something to tell them besides I make makeup or I sell makeup or I grow pumpkins or I sell pumpkins. And then what you want to do is you need to find these media outlets. And that's a very time-consuming process um, because, you know, we could sit down all day and, and look up all the radio stations in our area, all the magazines, all the newspapers. There aren't as many as there used to be, but there are still a lot. It's very time-consuming to look those up. So I want to encourage you to go to a website called helpareporter.com. Help a reporter. You may be hear it referred to as Harrow. Help a reporter out. Some people say, go, I, I found this media lead on Harrow. And a media lead, for those who don't know, is just a lead from a journalist who's looking for a story on something. So if I have a women's magazine, I might, um, you know, uh, I, need, I need leads for people who can help me tell my readers how to wear their makeup. Right. Okay. So I would be the journalist looking to do a story on that. So I would put a media lead out there, hopefully attracting makeup manufacturers or, or makeup people to come and tell my readers to help me tell my readers how to put their makeup on properly in the morning or whatever. So if you go to helperreporter.com, you can sign up for an account there. There's a free version. I think there's a free version. But even if there isn't a free version, there used to be a free version. Sometimes they change these things, right? Like there's a free model. And then one day you wake up and the free model's gone. So you want to check that. But if there isn't, there's a very inexpensive monthly fee. And what you can do is you can sign up for that service and you can check boxes to tell the service what sorts of media leads you want. So, for example, if I'm the makeup manufacturer, I don't want media leads about, you know, animals or food. I want media leads about women's issues, um, beauty, health, lifestyle, um, you know, color matching, um, if my makeup is the type of makeup that helps um, busy moms put on all their makeup in the morning and not have to spend hours doing that while the babies are crying, well, then I want mom magazines, right? So you can choose what kind of leads you want to be pushed to you, and you'll get, you'll get a couple of emails every day with those specific leads in them. So you can read those leads, and they'll tell you, you know, I write for such and such a women's magazine. I'm looking for someone to help my readers put on their makeup better. Um, you have to be... Uh, at least 25 years old. This magazine is in the northwestern part of the United States. So, you know, you probably, so you have an idea of who it is, what what audience they they have there. Um, So you can narrow it down by region. You can narrow it down by topic. And then that helps you be able to pitch specifically to people that are looking for people like you. And when you can do that, you can be golden. And you're not just throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping that something sticks. Does it hurt you as a business owner if you're doing this to throw a big net to mm-hmm. kind of hit everybody, even if you, you know, well, that might not be the people I'm trying to reach, but maybe I'll get lucky. Does that hurt you to do that? There's no 
broad-brushed yes or no answer to that question because sometimes you can get lucky. But when you're a small business owner and you have limited time, time is money. So if you're pitching, you know, a couple of hours a week, just throwing spaghetti against the wall, and it's it takes a long time to do that because you, if you're throwing spaghetti against the wall, it means you're throwing a lot of spaghetti up there. So you may be spending two or three hours doing that. Whereas if you just choose two or three to focus on, and they're and they're they're honed in on you, and they're the 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 readers that want to buy your products, and you have um you know done your research on that organization or that media outlet to see that there's a match, your chances are much higher that you'll get picked up if you narrow your search down, because you're more relevant. I mean, you know, journalists are busy, right? They get pitches from everywhere. They get good pitches, and they get a lot of bad. I mean, have you ever been? In a newsroom or a magazine, it's a good example because I work with a lot of women in business. So I, I know I work with a lot of publicists, too. So I've and I've hired publicists before. So I know what that pitching process is like. Um, I also know what it's like to use Harrow and it's really good. Um, you have to have some time to do Harrow as opposed to hiring a publicist, right? Because a publicist is going to know um, the, the media people. So they're going to know when somebody's looking for your makeup stuff and they're going to be able to put you in that seat for them. When you do it yourself, um, you know, it takes a lot more time. So just like anything else, you're either going to spend money or you're going to spend time. So you kind of have to decide whether you're going to hire a publicist to do it yourself. But we, we talk more about the do-it-yourself version here on our small business radio show. But um, what you want to make sure that you don't do is throw so much spaghetti on the wall and, and spend so much time that you end up sort of spinning your wheels, not running your business. Because you have to, you know, your, your, your biggest job as a small business owner is to get sales. How you do that is going to be different. You can stand on a street corner. You can use Harrow. You can hire a publicist. You can search engine optimize your website. You can open a store. How you get those sales will vary. But that's your main job because if you don't have any sales, you don't have a business. So once you set up your shop and you know what it is that you're selling and you know there's a market for it because that obviously has to be the case. If there's no market for pumpkin buyers here, you don't want to open a pumpkin business, right? Um, so you've got to know that there's a market for whatever it is that you want to sell. Um, and once you know that, how you sell it is up to you. And there's a lot of options where that's concerned. Um, I had um, a friend of mine many years ago had a, um, and, and she would still have a business today. Unfortunately, she, she passed away, but she didn't have a website. She didn't have um, a store. She sold beauty products that she manufactured in her New York studio. And she had one thing. She had a publicist. She didn't spend time doing her own marketing. She didn't spend time doing anything but making her products. And she paid someone a lot of money every month to get media attention for her. She was in Oprah. She was in um, Women's Wear Daily in New York. She was in Lucky Magazine. She was in all these, mm. all these places. So she just sat back and took the orders in and did what she loved to do, which was make the makeup. And I remember I finally convinced her to get a website. I was like, you kind of got to have another way. Like if you don't want the publicist anymore, what if the, what if the publicist isn't a publicist? And what are you going to do? You kind of got to don't put all your eggs in one basket was my message. She did the funniest thing, though. She set up the ugliest website. She was like, okay, I'm going to set up a website. And I was like so excited. And she set up a website, and I was like, okay, don't send anyone there because it looks <laughs> that bad. It's just like, well, I don't, 
she kind of knew she needed one, at least to put her phone number on there. So, so if someone was looking for her online, as opposed to in a magazine, that she wouldn't not show up. Um, she got that, and she put her phone number there and a tiny little picture of her sugar scrub, and that was it. And I was like, okay, well, I wouldn't buy from there. But she didn't care because she was getting her business from another place. So my point is, know what your strategy is going to be. That was her strategy. She had great products, but if she didn't have a strategy, they'd just be on a shelf somewhere. She wouldn't be able to sell them. So um, back to Wendy's question, I would go to helpareporter.com, figure out how it works, and then sign up for it, and then start getting their queries, their media leads, and then start responding to them. And do a really good job of responding. Okay, don't write the reporter like a whole, you know, five-page missive on your business. Answer their question. If they're looking for makeup for busy moms, then you write three sentences about makeup for busy moms because they're not going to read a whole page about it. They're looking for makeup for busy moms. Tell them what you have. Um, send them a link to your website so they can see it. Make sure there's a picture of you there because when the media features businesses, they don't just want to feature the makeup. They want to feature the person who provides it because there's more of a story there when that happens. So remember, you're not just pitching makeup. You're becoming a story. The makeup gets pitched because you show up. So don't focus so much on buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Focus on helping people. And when you focus on helping people, as I, as I like to say, you're golden when you're helpful. So go be helpful. And if your product is good, people will buy it because people want to be helped. And so they'll support the people that help them. We're going to take another break right here at Real People, Real Business. I'm your host, Donna Maria. Call your question in 704-283-1190. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Real People, Real Business. I'm your host, Donna Maria. And um, I just got my hot little hands on some tickets to the Renaissance Festival. So um, you can you can win them if you call your question in to 704-283-1190. You can make up a question call it in. Um, but uh, we've got a f- family four pack here. So we've got two adult tickets and two children tickets. And this is a this is a 44. Um, this is like a $60 value here. It is. So yeah. The tickets a, for the Renaissance Festival are not yeah. cheap. No, we're lucky to get no. so many. Yeah. We're happy to give them away. Okay. Well, you call your small business question in and these little babies can be yours. It's up in the Kannapolis area, right? Yeah. They're wonderful. Right, so we've got uh, October 5th. Well, we've passed that, haven't we? So October 26th, 27th, that's this weekend. And then four weekends coming up in November. Yep, I'm going November 16th, personally. Are you? Okay, well then, you know, you can go on the 16th and, and um, then you get to see Reed and uh, ask him for his autograph. That's right, because that happens so often. That's the day we all need to go then, okay. if you're going to be there then. Yeah, the Renaissance Festival is celebrating celebrating their 20th anniversary, and if you've never been, it's full of people in costume, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fun games. And what's great is the tickets are priced kind of expensive, mm-hmm. but everything inside of the Renaissance Festival is relatively inexpensive. The games are like a dollar, two dollars a piece. You can shoot bow and arrows, throw axes. There's free entertainment inside. And the food and drinks are relatively good as well. Awesome. Okay. Well, these can be yours. If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. All right, Cole, you're on the air. Uh, yeah. How you doing today? Doing good. Listen, uh, I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in the pest control business, and uh, 
I'd really like to start my own pest control business. I, I have to get my license and everything. That's that's a formality that I have to get out of the way first. I realize that. But I guess one of the biggest reasons I haven't done that yet is because I need to build a customer base. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's primarily a residential customer base, but I want I want to concentrate on a certain area of the community. I don't want to I don't want to be like Charlotte wide or something. I just want to be, you know, fairly local within twenty five miles. Okay, okay. And so, tell me what your question is. Well, how would I target that particular or, or any particular area? How would I do that? Okay. Um, first of all, let me tell you, you won the tickets. Okay, so uh, we're going to make sure before you hang up, make sure you uh, uh, we'll get you back on so we can get your your address and yep. information. Um, okay. So you want to know, okay? So how do you target? Let me first ask you. You said twenty five miles. If this is obviously twenty five miles that's packed with 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 houses and developments and condominiums, right? Well, yeah, and you're going to have that, and some there are some rural areas involved too. Okay. Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to do that research. And you will fi- want to find out how many households are in that 25-mile radius. And you should be able to get that information, um, you know, f- fairly easily from, um, you know, any sort of re- real estate uh, companies. If you have some friends that are, that are realtors, they can pull that information up for you. So you need to know what your best target market numbers are. So if, you know, 50,000 homes, okay, so is, is that going to be enough to, 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 to help your business survive because you have to have those numbers and if you want to only serve the residential market what you're doing is you're eliminating all of the business markets and you know business business owners and you know retail stores and all that they they need pest control as well so uh, restaurants and things of that nature so make sure that if you're narrowing it down you're narrowing it down to numbers that could still sustain your business Um, the other thing I would suggest you do as you get those numbers is start looking at what other people who are independently owned pest control companies are doing. So once you narrow down that, you said 25 miles, and you know how many people are there, you need to find out where they're getting their pest control services now. Who is your competition going to be? And then that way you'll be able to kind of have an idea. If there's already a million pest control people in that area, you might want to think twice about the residential market. Maybe in that 25-mile area there aren't as many people serving the business part of of the arena and so maybe you could switch to that so you kind of really want to pay attention to that market research and the numbers and who your competitors are in that area now you also asked about how to build an audience you you do need to build an audience Um, and I think this I'm glad you asked that question because this is something a lot of people overlook we think we have a great product or you're an expert pest control person and so you know anybody who needs pest control why wouldn't they come to you right because you're so good at what you do Um, But what's really more important than what it is we do is the audience that we have to do it to. So your instincts are really good. Tell me your name. Uh, David. David, your instincts are really good, David, that you need to have that audience in place. So how do you get that audience in place? There are several different ways to do this. Um, You can, if you have a... um, uh, some connections in the media world. You can try and develop an audience by, you know, you know, pitching your service and letting, you know, organizations like Wixie and others know they, they sell advertising. You can do it that way. You can build an audience that way. Um, you can also build an audience by sharing, just generally speaking, using social media, what it is that you do. Now, not everybody's really into using social media, so you kind of have to ask your question yourself if that's something that you 
um, or the people that work for you would be interested in doing. But spreading the word and collecting people's email addresses is very important. So if there are local community events where you can go and set up a table and bring your clipboard with your uh, with your um, name and address collection of people, maybe give them, you know, 10 percent off your first uh, pest control inspection or whatever. If you sign up for our monthly newsletter that gives you tips and hints on how to control your own pests. Okay, because people want information. If you're empowering people, if you're going to help me control my own uh, pest situation in my house and I have that problem, I'm going to go, well, he's going to help me do that. He's going to give me tips and things that I can do in between my monthly uh, pest control inspections that he comes out and does. Then I'm going to be drawn to you because you're trying to help me. You're not just trying to sell me your service. You're trying to empower me to help myself. So you'll be top of mind when my husband says, oh, you know, I saw a mouse over there. Like, we need to call that guy that 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 gave us all those tips in that last newsletter or at that. He was at that booth at the Renaissance Festival or whatever it is. So you kind of draw me into you, into your world of trying to help me control this problem that I don't know how to control myself. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I appreciate that. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you, David. Right. Yes. Thanks, and David, David, come by the station. Monday through Friday during business hours, and the tickets will be waiting for you. All right, buddy? I appreciate it, Ray. Thank you. No problem, man. All right. So, that you know, that's a really good question. I'm glad he asked that because, in fact, I really love that his instincts are so good because he didn't just say, how do I sell my stuff? He said, how do I build an audience? And this is something that I think a lot of people do actually overlook. It's easy to overlook this. I always like to say, and this is there's some great truth here, so... You know, this is a truth bomb. This is like a small business truth bomb I'm about to drop on everyone. Okay, so make sure you're listening. Your ears should be perked up now. Write this down in big letters. Put it on your bathroom wall if you're a small business owner. Um, Your audience is more important than what you sell. Because once you have an audience read, you can sell just about anything. You may not be the person making it. You may be selling somebody else's stuff. But once you have an audience, once people are paying attention to you, you can sell them things. Now, you obviously, as a small business owner, want to pick your audience very carefully. Again, you don't want to sell pumpkins to people who are only interested in makeup. But I want you to remember that because this is something people completely overlook. They spend a lot of time getting the perfect product together. And then they're ready to launch after six months of preparation. They're ready to launch their business. And guess what? The only people they have to tell are their their family members and their kids and their friends. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's great. And they're going to buy from you, but they're not going to make your business work. So you need to be building an audience at the same time as you're doing the work that you do. Never go any place without a clipboard and a place to write down people's email addresses and addresses so you can stay in touch with them and always be top of mind in their minds when they need something done. So, David, that's good. So I don't know what 25 miles you're in, but uh, we, we, we want to see that business start, and we're excited to, um, to help in any way that we can. Go to IndieBusinessStudio.com, and you can uh, see our class schedule there. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at Donna Maria. I tweet small business tips all the time. Um, I tweet where I'm going to be, wh- what classes we're going to be having. So make sure you follow me there, and you can also follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Donna Maria IBN. IBN, that's short for my indie business network, which I run. So Donna Maria IBN on Facebook and Donna Maria on Twitter. 
So, Reed, are we are we signing off? First show done? First show is done. All Great right, job. guys. Well, we'll see you next Saturday right here at Wixie, 9 o'clock in the morning. This is Donna Maria for Real People, Real Business. See you next week, guys. <laughs>